of first, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10. We're kicking off a new series this morning called The Weapons of Our Warfare. And uh, this is something I've been feeling in my heart for the past couple of two or three months. And uh, I really feel like it's, uh, it's, it's something that, that the Lord is going to really allow our church to walk into this year. Second Corinthians 10, and we're going to read just verses 3, 4, and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into, every, bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. So you know, too many Christians live as if the spirit-led life is a playground and not a battleground. And that's tragic because what a wasted opportunity that there is for you to have engaged yourself in the battle, in the Lord's battle, and, and to be a part of an army that really is going to win in the end. That right now the world may seem like it's in chaos and upside down and topsy-turvy, but there is going to come a day when God is going to right every wrong. And the church will come out victorious. But in the meantime, we have an opportunity to pick up some weapons and to engage ourselves in a spiritual battle. <clears throat> because the reality is, every day is a spiritual battle for your soul and for your mind. You have things pulling at your mind constantly. Constantly. And that's true whether you're in the church or not. And some of you remember what it was like before you were saved and before you had the Holy Ghost. The constant barrage that was on your mind constantly, all the time. Um, and, and now there is a, an even greater spiritual conflict, but, but now we've got the Holy Ghost to help us through it. And we've got his word. But Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We can pull down long-held spiritual strongholds through some very specific weapons that we have. And we're going to be going through those over the next several weeks. But there's been a spiritual struggle for many years in this city. I believe that with all my heart. But the battle can reach a point where victory starts coming easy because the enemy is on the run. Amen? Amen. And so that's kind of what it's like whenever you're part of a struggle or a battle. Is, is that it reaches a point, you know... Like early on in the battle, where it's hard, it's a struggle. And, and this was what it was like for Rachel for many years whenever she tried to bear children. In fact, she grabbed her husband by the throat and said, give me children or I die. And he's like, it's not my problem you can't bear. God's withheld. Go, you know, go talk to God about it. And, and she did. And she came to the Lord with that, with that same spirit of desperation. Amen. And so, and so for many years, we have prayed. And there's people in this church that have prayed and they've sought God for revival. And it's kind of came and, and it's, then it's kind of not came and it's kind of came in the sprinkles. There's been a struggle. But we are reaching a point where victory will begin to start to come easy. It will begin to flow into this church. When King David had returned to Ziklag and saw that the Amalekites had destroyed everything and taken their wives captive. God told him to go out and fight against them. And this is what the Lord says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 17. And David smote them 
from the twilight even into the coming evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoiled nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Wouldn't it be great if you had a word from God that said, whatever the enemy has taken from you, in whatever season you just came out of or have been through, you're going to recover it all. And I'm telling you that right now, you will recover all. This season, a season of spiritual struggle, will also be a season of victory and one of recovering enemy territory that the enemy has taken back through the years. What has the devil taken from you? Has he taken your joy, maybe your family, maybe your kids that have that have gone out and not quite done right. When I'm telling you right now, the Lord is going to bring this church into a season where we are going to begin to recover what the enemy has taken through the years. Amen. It's time to get that back. And we will get it back with his help. 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he said, gird up, the loins of your mind. You know, we've heard this taught and preached on before, how they would tuck in their girdles when they would run or have the need to move swiftly. That idea of girding up the loins came from the Lord himself in Luke chapter 12 in verse 32, where he says this, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide neither bags, which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then he says this in verse 35, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. He said, when speaking of giving us the kingdom, he also said, let your loins be girded about. In other words, be ready to move and be ready to go to war. Be spiritually ready and be prayed up and be filled up with the Holy Ghost and have your weapons in hand. Don't be slothful and spiritually lazy, having worldliness clinging to you. Get rid of every weight that hinders your walk, the dead weight that you've been carrying around, and get ready to go to war to take back the kingdom because now you are a soldier in God's army and we're getting some marching orders to go onward. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been carrying a grudge, it's time to get rid of it. If you've wronged somebody, it's time to make it right. If you need to forgive and you've been carrying around that weight of unforgiveness for a long time, it's time to lay down offenses and hurts of the past because this is a new season. And you cannot walk into that new season having your feet planted firmly in the one you just came out of. Gird up the loins of your mind. This will be a season of spiritual conflict. We're going to war. It will be a war where we will be victorious in, but it will be a season of spiritual conflict. As Jacob and Esau struggled in the womb of Rebekah, there is something struggling to be born in this hour and in this church, not just in this church, but in the church at large as well. Something is struggling to come out of the womb. Amen. And it is a dynamic red-hot revival that will set our cities on fire and will continue to burn until he comes. 
I believe that we are living in the end of the church age. I mean, if we could liken it to what time it is, it's 11.59. And the second hand uh, is about on the 10 or the 11. He's almost ready to come, folks. I don't know how much longer that it's going to be. In America, we have a whole... We have a whole political party that is clamoring for, uh, for, for an economic system called socialism, uh, which is where basically where the government comes and they take over your private property and they take over everything. I don't know what's going to happen in America, but I'm just telling you, I believe that socialism will be the economic platform for the new world order. And I think that there's a lot of scripture to back that up. But that's, that's happening. It's happening in our age. It's happening right before us, folks. And God is not going to tarry. He cannot tarry too much longer. We're living at the very end. And God is bringing in a mighty harvest so that his church can go out of this world before he judges this world. Isaiah 66 and 8. The prophet said, Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Now think of it. That the gospel reached the entire world before the end of the first century. We know that from a few places where, where the apostles said their sound has gone out to the end of the world. In other words, the gospel was preached to the entire then known world at, by the end of the first century. Now we know now that there was a whole part of the world that they didn't know about. But, but the entire then known world. But then for the next about 18, 1900 years, it was sporadic with even the Bible itself being outlawed. And there was a period of about a thousand years where if you were caught with a copy of the English scriptures or you were caught reading the Bible at all, you would be put to death. That, was, that period was called the medieval ages. It was a period where darkness reigned. And then suddenly in 1901, in a Bible college in Topeka, Kansas, little old lady began to pray and speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, and she got the Holy Ghost again. And, and Pentecostalism was reborn in our century. And that spread to be the biggest movement in history. Matter of fact, in less than 100 years, I would even say in 50 years, God has restored what the devil took 1,900 years destroying and wiping out. And now in the last of the last days, I believe God is going to do an even quicker work that will usher in a mighty revival of the name of Jesus and usher in his quick return. For he said, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Now what Isaiah had in mind when he wrote that scripture was the nation of Israel and how the nation of Israel would be totally wiped out and scattered abroad all throughout the world for almost a couple of thousand years. From 70 AD, when Titus, governor of Rome, ran through Jerusalem and he pillaged and ransacked the city, and, and he scattered he scattered around. actually renamed the city, renamed it something that was, I don't remember what it was, but it was something like after the Philistines because the, Israel, the, because the Jews hated the Philistines. He renamed the city completely. And so for like nearly 2,000 years, like nobody lived there. And it was, it was just this, uh, this territory that was just overran uh, with coyotes and, and, and all these things that the prophets said would happen. But suddenly out of nowhere, in one day, Israel was reborn as a nation. And the very next day, they went to war. They weren't even like three weeks old, and they were already going to war. And God kept his hand on that. And so this is what Isaiah said is, can a woman give birth as soon as her water breaks? That 
rarely happens. Because you go through a period of pushing, and it's painful. Now, men don't have any idea what kind of pain that is. That's okay. You say amen. I'll say amen to that. That's the absolute gospel. We have no idea how painful that is. But I can tell you, my wife was in labor with, with Luke. I think it was Luke for 12, uh, 12 hours. And, uh, and it, was, it was painful to look at. I can't even imagine. And for Lane, it, was, it wasn't quite that long. But so what happens is you ladies go through a period where they push and then they re- regret the idea that whose idea was it to have these kids. This thing, get it out of my body. Now, quickly, give me morphine, drugs, anything. Just take away the pain. And so that's called a period of labor. But Isaiah said, no, there's going to come a time where as soon as she travails, she brings forth children. And so in one day, the nation of Israel was reborn in a single day. And in like manner, I believe that there is a spiritual parallel to end-time revival and how it will be a quick work of the Spirit. And how suddenly out of nowhere, many children are going to be born. The enemy is angry because he knows his time is short and his judgment is coming. He's angry because we are rearranging his borders for him. Territory that has long since been claimed by the enemy will be taken back in this very season. When 3,000 souls were saved at Pentecost and multitudes, both of men and women believed, shortly after that, persecution arose. Wasn't even but barely the next chapter or two when Satan tried to stop what God was doing. But Satan was a failure then, and he's a failure now. And what was the church's response when that happened? In Acts 4, 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. I pray that a bold spirit comes upon us in this hour. Amen. Because lines are being crossed, we're getting ready to cross over into territory this church has never been in before. Like Israel, after they crossed over the Jordan River, they stood on ground they'd never stood on before and saw God do things that they had never seen him do before. And walls came down and territory was reclaimed. And we are marching into that kind of place, to that kind of season. I want to declare some things today. First of all, from 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. I declare that whatever comes your way this year, that you and me will triumph over it in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that whatever the enemy has done in 2018, that whatever season you're walking through right now, that you will be protected through it all and that you will come out tried like gold. Amen. I declare that whatever has wronged will be righted. Amen. I declare from Isaiah 54 in verse 1 where he said, Single barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For many more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. 
Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. I declare spiritual enlargement for this church and for you individually, for your ministry, for your children, for your finances, for souls being one. Where there was barrenness before, there will be many children and much fruitfulness before now. And going forward, I declare spiritual enlargement. I declare a season where this church will be packed to capacity. And will God will, will miraculously provide finances. We serve a God that can pull a, a gold coin out of a fish's mouth. Money is nothing for God. If we'll just shoulder the burden and, and let him know that we're willing to do whatever it, whatever it takes. God is able to provide. Mark 16 and 17, he said, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I declare that miracles and signs and wonders like we have never seen before in this church and in your life. I declare that where there is disease, suddenly there will be miraculously healing by the power and the presence of God. Jesus' name. Amen. It was just yesterday when uh, Lane came in. Actually, uh, Tanya and the boys were, were walking through uh, Sam's Club. I was at home uh, studying, and Lane started crying, screaming. His head started to hurt real bad. And uh, so Tanya stopped what he was doing, what they were doing. She went and dropped Luke off at home, and, uh, and she took him to the ER. And, and they did a CT scan, and, and they said, it's all clear. The doctor kind of joked and said, he's got a brain. <laughs> I was pretty sure of that. He's got a brain. So they said, oh, it's, it's probably migraines or something. So, so we're like, well, um, okay, well, it, it is what it is, and nothing you can do about migraines, I guess. So she brought him home, and, and they gave him some, like, ibuprofen or medicine to take or something. So he's, so he's feeling a little better in about... About an hour later or so, he was out playing basketball with his brother, and we heard the screaming at the top of his lungs. And he comes running in, and he's screaming. And, uh, and he's got his tears rolling down his cheeks. And, you know, he's like, what do you do to this kid? And he's holding his head, and he's like, my head, my head. And Luke's eyes are big. He's like, we were just playing. Suddenly he dropped the ball, and he's like, my head, my head. So we laid him down on the couch, and the first thing that we did was we laid hands on him, and we prayed for him in the name of Jesus. And when then just a, just a few minutes, his, whatever had happened, his headache was completely subsided. But this is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. The enemy can attack your family. But God wants you to be bold and to claim victory in this hour. And he will not fail you. Hold fast in that belief that God is able to heal everything that the devil has made wrong. He is able to make that right. I declare victory over diseases in this hour. 
1 John 5 and 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I declare victory over whatever has been getting you down or creating a struggle for you. Victory through Jesus Christ and victory in your faith. I declare that the faith that the enemy has tried to take away, that you will even right now lift up that sword of faith again. Lift up that shield of faith and begin to believe God like you have never believed God before. I declare that if you will step out into the Jordan River, that they will surely part for you if you will have that kind of faith. I declare from Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I declare this year that you are a child of the living God, and nothing that comes against you will prosper, that no weapon formed against you will prevail, because the Lord is on your side. Psalms 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I declare peace in the midst of chaos and con- confusion, the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. The peace of God that will keep your heart and mind and allow you to stay in his arms and keep your faith because the enemy will attack your faith. But if you will hold up that shield of faith, the enemy will sit on your shoulder and say, man, God's not going to do this or God's not going to do that. I promise you right now, if you will only have the courage to believe God, he will not. He said, I am the Lord who heals every disease. I see a day in this church very soon where people are getting up out of wheelchairs and walking, where blinded eyes are being opened, where we are the largest church in town, where there is nobody that can even come close to the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ, where they bring their drug addicts and their alcoholics and their and their porn addicts in this place and say we couldn't do anything with them but there's a church down the road amen that's got the power of the name of Jesus Christ that's the kind of season that I'm talking about if we will believe God for that anything is possible oh hallelujah let's stand to our feet right now let's rejoice in that come on declare it to yourself declare it to your enemy it's a new season right now A new season of power and anointing. Come on, let your voices out. Don't stop right there. In the name of Jesus, I know that there are real legitimate needs in this place. You may be here and God may not have healed you, but I promise you, if you will lift up your hands, God is able to heal you even right now. your name Lord let's just worship him a little bit this morning God we receive that word we believe that you are able that you will do what you have promised we believe thank you Lord we thank you Lord we thank you Lord okay so whenever we preach we respond in an altar and there's a response a response to the preach word of god why in the world would we not respond right now at a taught word of god it's the same exact thing we're about to go into a time of worship and if you believe what you just heard and you actually know that god's getting ready to do it and you and you claim it right now why don't you just come to the front and as we begin to worship right now we begin to sing songs 
We don't always have to do it the same way. Well, you, you have your teaching, and we raise our hands and stay in our pews through a few songs, and then I preach, and then you come to the altar. Let's just break out of the mold of the traditional and just begin to find a place to pray right now that as we get, get, go into this time of worship, just let the miracles, signs, and wonders begin to happen right now. Let's not wait to the end of the service to have God do what he just said through Brother Foster that he was going to do. In the name of Jesus.
says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. And I know that that's a scripture that I speak over my home and over my children every day. But when it says we're healed, it doesn't just mean we're healed physically. But really, it was the ultimate healing that God brought to us. And that we were healed from a life of sin and a life of shame. We were healed from the death that was about to be upon us. Because he bore our stripes and he carried our sorrows and he knew our pain. And I'm so thankful today that when we sing this song, we don't have to stay in the first two verses, but that we get to say, speak about when the ground began to shake and death looked like it had won for a moment, but it had not. Because our resurrected King, He rose on the, from that grave and He healed our diseases and He broke through the sin that had separated us from Him. The ground began to shake. The storm was rolled away. This perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? You see your king has rendered you
such severe pain in his foot that he hasn't been able to function in quite a while. He said he walked up here and he just began to worship God and that's why he took off because God just healed his foot and he's pain free. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. This isn't just theory. This isn't just stuff we wish and hope would happen. This is stuff that's happening right now, this morning, as teaching's going forth, as worship's going forth. God's healing people. He's delivering people. He's setting people free. Listen, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I just believe right now that God has touched me. He's touched my situation. He's touched my body. I want you just to clap your hands right now.